Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, I think it's fair to say that the twist on Bold and Beautiful, that Sheila shot her beloved son, Finn, killing him, then shooting Steffi to keep her quiet, was definitely a game changer that wasn't overhyped. Uh, you know, Tanner Novlin was brought onto the show to such fanfare, it really seemed like we were finally moving away from another round of Hope, Liam, and Steffi. And we did for a while, which was welcome news to the audience, for sure. But it will be interesting to see where the story goes next. Uh, I spoke to the show's head writer and executive producer, Bradley Bell, for a piece in the new issue. Brad told me that it was a really difficult decision for him to make. You know, he felt Steffi and Finn were a great duo. He really um, enjoyed working with Tanner, but he saw such story possibility here that ultimately he made the decision to write him out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be interested to see what the next chapter will be here and if there really is potential new life in that Hope, Liam, Steffi triangle in light of Finn's death. You know, I think the B&B audience loves Steffi so much that it was a tall order to create a worthy new love interest for her, one who would win the audience's seal of approval. And it's a credit to Tanner Novlin that he pulled it off. You know, I, I really do hope that we'll see him back in daytime soon. But we have his B&B exit interview in the new issue. And he talked about how honored he uh, was and felt to be part of the show, to have created something so special with Jackie Wood, who plays Steffi, and to be so embraced by the fans. He also said that he has a new Liberty Mutual ad coming out. It is Liberty Biberty 2.0, but he's so charismatic. I have no doubt that he will be very successful in his post B&B career. Yes, not only is the new commercial airing now, but he also has a second child on the way with his wife, Kayla Ewell. So there are very good things going on for him separate from B&B. And really, this story is only starting. I mean, we're going to see a distraught Sheila consider taking her own life and getting some intervention from Taylor. Plus, Steffi still has to wake up from that coma. So there's a lot more to come here. Uh, And some casting notes, first from Bold and Beautiful, Ashley Jones, who's a key part of this hospital story as Bridget, will be sticking around for a longer stay. Uh, Greg Vaughn will be back on a more permanent basis at Days of Our Lives um, as Eric, beginning on April 15th. So when I spoke to Greg the last time Eric came back to town, which was for Marlena's possession at Christmas, he mentioned he would have more to do, and this return will mark the beginning of that. And then over at General Hospital, Nancy Lee Gron, uh, who plays Alexis, had surgery. So we're going to see actress Stephanie Erb step in briefly to the role while Nancy recovers. And I know we mentioned last week that GH also added newcomer Michael Blake Cruz to the cast as Rory, but since then I got to speak to him, so I have breaking news to share. He is adorable. (laughs) Michael told me that he has a lot of family and friends who are in law uh, law enforcement and the military, so he felt really connected to the role of this rookie cop at the PCPD who is by the book and has a good heart and wants justice to be served. He said that he's having a lovely time working with Tabiana Ali, who plays Trina, as well as the other cops in his on-screen workplace. And he took it really well when I explained to him that it's an occupational hazard as a soap cop, that they only rarely get to actually solve crimes. Uh, And speaking of crimes, we also have a quick take in the new issue with Avery Pohl, GH's Esme, who weighs in on the reveal that Ryan is Esme's father and Esme framing Trina. 
for her own crime of filming Joss and Cam's intimate encounter at the cabin and disseminating the sex tape, she said that she thinks Esme has been professing her innocence so much to so many people that she's starting to believe it herself, which <laughs> sounds about right given how devious Esme is. Oh, that's amazing. Um, well, in keeping with our general hospital theme, our guest today is Brooke Kerr, who joined the show as Trina's mom, Portia, just before the world changed in 2020. But she's familiar to soap fans as Whitney Russell on Passions. So let's get her on the line and see how she's doing. Hi, Brooke. Hello, hello. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really good, really good. Well, Mara and I are thrilled to have you on the podcast. Um, we discuss a lot that we did one with you a couple of years ago. The recording didn't come out correctly and we couldn't run it. So this has been like two years at least in the making. <laughs> oh, I, I know. And there's been so much, so much new juice and dirt that we have now. So I guess I it's know. okay. You, that was pre-General Hospital, so that gives you a sense of uh, just how isn't much has that, happened. Yeah, isn't that insane? Yes. It is. Wow. Yeah. A lot of time has passed. Let's start. You're a Midwestern girl and grew up in Indianapolis, so how would you describe yourself as a kid? You know, I was pretty much to myself. You know, I was an only child, and my dad was, you know, he was pretty out there, kind of a free spirit. My middle name is X after Malcolm X, if that tells you anything. Yeah. So my parents are very like, <laughs> you know, hippy-dippy, free-spirited kind of people. You know, I went to private schools and things like that. And I, I, just, I just was very, I don't know, independent, you know? And so, but when I found friends, it was like, we're friends for life, you know? <laughs> so how did you discover this, you know, shy, independent young lady? How did you discover your interest in acting? Well, I think when I, my mom worked a lot. So when I got home, I was, uh, you know, by myself kind of watching TV until she got home. And it was just such an escapism, obviously the soap genre as well. And, um, I never really thought that I could be that, but I always admired it and thought, you know, to be able to tell stories and, you know, every day is like a new adventure of, of what you're going to say and the, 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 the life you're going to share with someone, you know, I just thought it was so interesting. And then when I got a little bit older, you know, you know, people would come up to me about like modeling and, oh, all of this, you know, I was in Indiana. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't really like the modeling aspect of things because I just felt silly just standing there and, you know what I mean? Just, just take a picture. It just didn't feel fulfilling. It didn't feel like I was doing anything really. And I took a couple like acting, oh, I don't even want to say classes, <laughs> just like acting, uh, you know, coach sessions, I would say with some people in Indiana. And like just the use of imagination was just so, I loved it. I loved it. I, I was like, I, I could literally do or be anyone I want in my head. And that's kind of what turned me on to it. Well, you made the move to Los Angeles after high school. So now that's pretty huge. Um, was that a scary yeah. decision to make or were you kind of fearless about jumping into Hollywood and trying to break into showbiz? When you're younger, you know, you feel like you, you are fearless, you know, <laughs> but I always thought, I said, well, let's just do it. You know, let's go to LA. If it doesn't work, we'll come back home, pop out a bunch of babies, you know, do the whole, do the whole deal. I was supporting myself already at that point. I was like, well, let's give it a shot and go out there. And, um, we had a friend that actually lived there at the time. And so we went to visit and it was just so exciting. And, and we were like, can we meet your agent? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, if he'll agree to meet with you. And he did. He agreed to meet with us. And then he said, well, if you move out here, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll work with you. And we were like, what? <laughs> you know, we're like, okay. So we went back home, packed up the U-Haul, put the car on the back, came out to LA. Wow. And it was just like, all right, let's do it. And it was just this adventure because I was waiting tables at the time um, for income. I was like, well, I can wait tables anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I came out here, got a place, and then started doing like music videos and things like that to make money. <laughs> I waited tables at the Viper Room, um, the Argyle Hotel, <laughs> Sky Bar. Uh, I went to the Meisner School of Acting. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really, really fell in love with acting in a different way as an adult, I guess I would say, because I learned that, you know, when you're acting is, 
you know, in, in a way of protecting yourself when you act. You can pretend these circumstances, but you also want to protect you as a person, kind of having that separateness of the character. Because my, it, as a novice, I was like, pretend it's me, pretend it's me all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. But that can be detrimental because it's still emotions. You're still dealing with your, your own heart and feelings. You don't, wanna, you, won't, you don't wanna take on too much of the character to where you're taking it home, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Meisner definitely helped me with that. And I fell in love with it in a whole other way. And then right at the end of my two-year program, I booked Passions. And it was off to the races at that point. <laughs> For sure. So I feel like per your IMDb, you did have some gigs prior to Passions, I guess, while you were yeah. in school. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. The earliest credit of yours on the IMDb is an uncredited appearance on Moesha as Montel Jordan's date. Montel Jordan of This Is How We Do It fame. Yes. What do you remember about working on the set of Moesha? <laughs> that is hysterical. It was amazing and awesome because they, they had rented out this big club. It was like a club scene. And it was right on Vine Boulevard, this nightclub or whatever. And there was all these extras. So it was like a huge thing, obviously, because Montel Jordan was there. And, and I, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it, I was just like literally dropped in this atmosphere of hundreds of people. And then I'm standing right there next to him. He was very kind, very, very respectful. And, and, you know, these are the moments that people back home love more than anything. <laughs> like I could be in a Scorsese movie, but if I'm in a music video, <laughs> if I'm next to Montel Jordan, like you said, that's everything. <laughs> so I got uh, three yeah. kids back pretty early. <laughs> I feel like I would fit in very well with your family. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, I was in a Tupac music video. I was in a Biggie music video. Wow. I was in Montel Jordan, obviously. A uh, uh, Warren G video. <laughs> you, okay. I was trying to think. I, I hope you're, you don't have plans for the rest of the day because I have a lot of questions for you after this one. You're hysterical. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I know, I know. But it was, it, it's the coolest thing because, you know, as, as like kind of like a, a day higher, you know, I'm just working for the days, you know, it's like the production's already done, you know, they, they did all the work. You just kind of show up for that day and kind of experience it and do your, do your thing. So it really was like a lesson in, in production and set and everything because in working, because you get to be dropped in the middle of a production that's already up and running. Those are fun days. Uh, well, your second credit's not too shabby either. You had an appearance on the Wayans Brothers series. Uh, tell us yes. about that. Yes. I literally, I literally thought I was going to be more of a, a comedic actress because that's, that's what I was booking was um, sitcom guest stars and co-stars. But that episode had Pam Greer on it and everybody was so excited because she was on that episode. <laughs> and uh, so I got to meet her. But um, yeah, I was a waitress on there, you know, a little waitress, a little bit of attitude. So <laughs> that was easy and fun. <laughs> um, so you, you, you know, kind of been, um, obviously your foothold into the industry was there, right? You were booking music videos, these guest appearances. So mm -hmm. right before Passions came along, do you remember if you were like feeling good about the progression of your career at the time? Or were you feeling like you weren't making the kind of progress that you wanted to make? I was getting frustrated and that was the time I was working at the sky bar waiting tables. And I was just like, I feel, you know, when you go to, when you're in class as well, you feel so good because your whole class, everybody's rooting for you and you're having great scenes every week and you're putting in all this work, but there's no, nobody sees it, but your classmates, you know what I mean? And there's no paycheck at the end of the day. And then you're still working, waiting tables, coming home smelling like cigarettes. And you're just, it, it was frustrating. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I was booking things every now and again, which would give me some hope. And I was still, I started, you start going up the echelon of what you can audition for, right? So I was auditioning for co-stars. Then I got to audition for guest stars. But now I'm starting to audition for series regulars. So that progression was going, which, which I was happy about. Mm -hmm. But it was still frustrating. And I would talk to my boss about it all the time at the end of the night <laughs> when we're ca um, counting our cash or tips and everything. And I would just go home just like dejected because, you know, clubs close at two, you get home at three in the morning. You know, I have a son, he has to go to school at seven and it's just a grind, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
but when Passions came along, I, um, I auditioned for it and literally they had already been looking for the character apparently. And literally the next day I screen tested. And then a couple days later, I screen tested with a bunch of Lindsay's and I was the only Whitney and I was starting to get excited, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, this is good. And then when I finally got the call that I booked it, I remember I called my boss and I was like, I'm not coming in. I booked it. I'm not coming in. And he was so happy for me, even though I was not showing up for my shift, you know, <laughs> he was so happy. For me. He was like, finally, yes, no, don't come in. Don't come in. Stay home. I guess you're quitting. And I said, yep. <laughs> guess so. I know. He was so supportive, though. It was so funny. But what's interesting is when, I, is when that happened, obviously, I was so happy. But I actually was working at another job when General Hospital um, came about. And when I booked General Hospital, I was like, you know what? Because sometimes I think maybe I should have gone in and worked that last shift mm -hmm. because I would have done it in a different headspace. Right. And I would have maybe appreciated more, you know, like, gosh, I don't have to do this anymore. This is such a blessing. But here's your Jack and Coke. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had plenty of those moments, but I sometimes I think about I, I think about that. But when I booked General Hospital, I was like, you know what? Uh, I was working at, at another like in a real estate kind of business. I said, you know what? I'm going to finish up my deals. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to leave them hanging. So I finished up my deals before I went to General Hospital. And it was a nice feeling to be able to be like, I'm leaving things better than, you know what I mean? Oh, you yes, tied up all that. Now I can go off. <laughs> yeah. in full circle. Yeah. Right, right. It was so, it was interesting. <laughs> well, Passions was a new show, but you'd grown up in a soap watching family. So do you remember what shows your mom and your grandma were into? Oh, of course. Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> my exes, uh, my exes, they watched CBS too. And uh, Passions was NBC. And they're like, oh, you know, God, like, gosh, like it's on this at the same time. It was like, I could see the pause in their face. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, you're not going to watch me? Like, I don't like get some sort of preferential, like, you need to switch shows, switch networks. It's time. If there's ever a time, do it. But I remember the, seeing the pause in people's faces because the loyalty is real. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the sure. loyalty is real. And I remember I go back home and my grandma, uh, you know, she called them the stories. Mm -hmm. And when I would visit back home, she was like, you have to come to church so everybody can see you and talk about the stories and everything. <laughs> and that was just, that was, those are great memories. <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. So yeah. when Passions first came on your radar, was it a job <clears throat> you like really wanted or, or just, you know, another audition? I felt like it was something that I really wanted and mm -hmm. felt like that, that I could play. Now it was younger than me, which is why I didn't I, um, originally go in on the first round, but I've always kind of looked young, you know, so I felt like I could definitely play it. And it was like, again, what I was talking about you know, relationships, it was a best friend relationship. And that, that was the screen test was with um, Lindsay, Teresa, the Teresa's. And I, I could really identify with that because like I said, I'm a one-on-one -on -one kind of person. You know, I guess nowadays we have terms for it. I don't know, introvert, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I felt like those moments I could really play. And um, uh, yeah, the character was just, you know, aspirational, a good friend. It was just all of the, the good things that any role, a role you could dream of. Mm -hmm. um, well, Whitney was part of the Russell family, the daughter of Even TC, played by Tracy Ross and Rodney Van Johnson. So what comes to mind when you think of them? Oh, <laughs> well, Tracy, Tracy is just like a walking glow. You know, she's gorgeous, obviously. And she's got this peaceful energy about her um, and strength. And she was always so kind. And Rodney is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and he always kept us entertained. All the guys on Passions were hysterical. <laughs> so, uh, and they really loved the fact that it was an African-American family, um, you know, who had wonderful jobs, who had good jobs, uh, you know, a doctor. And he was a, a tennis coach. And I had going to Wimbledon. You know, it was, they saw the, um, I don't know, the, the big picture of an African-American family. And I didn't really get it too much at that point. <clears throat> but looking back and seeing when that was, 1999, a black African-American core family was a huge deal. 
not just a one-off character or a couple people or a detective, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, side note, have you made the Rodney Van Johnson connection with Avery Pohl, who plays Esme? Yeah, she came up to me. Okay, good. I told her to. We talked about I'm, it. I'm we glad she did. That's right. I forgot about that. Yes, yes. We totally talked about it. How <laughs> random. Yeah, for background, uh, Rodney Van Johnson and her dad are like childhood friends. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world. All right. Well, it I, is. I, as you noted, you know, Whitney's friendship with Teresa was like a mainstay of her life on the show. And Lindsay Hartley, her portrayer, became and remains a dear friend of yours. What do you think mm -hmm. drew you together to become more than just like coworkers? I think that with Passions, we all started at the same time. There was no hierarchy or anything. We were all, you know, starting it from scratch. And so it just felt like we were all in this together to make this a success you know and it, you know we, we had like a quirky storyline as well the witch and all of that <laughs> mixed in with like this best friend duo you know so we all wanted to make it work but I think me and her just always had this um understanding of each other and respect for one another I think because I I respect her and I think that she's super talented and she respects me and thinks I'm super talented but we are but we're definitely very different you know what i mean and we respect our differences so i think that respect when you're acting is a huge huge thing because you have that foundation of trust so if there's a trust there you can really do anything mm -hmm. and we get we had that trust that on a um early on mm -hmm. <clears throat> so i think that that and you know, we can talk about anything, which is interesting. <laughs> There's some people where you like, oh, well, I don't know if I should breach that subject with that person or if we should talk, you know, you feel uncomfortable in certain ways. But I could talk to her about the weather. I could talk to her about, you know, my father passing away. I could talk to her about anything. And it's, it's, it's there. You know what I mean? There's a connection there. Well, even before you were on GH, I loved seeing the two of you in photos together. It was just so nice to think that your friendship did transcend, you know, the yeah. show. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I, know. I always love seeing that. I know. And you know, you know what? We get busy in life and all these kind of things, but that girl has never not checked up on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I just respect that even ups and downs all through life. She's always checking up on me, making sure I'm okay. And that's, that's a huge deal to show up. You know, me, you know, I mean, showing up is, is huge. Yep. Some families don't even do that. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, Whitney was certainly part of some outlandish stories, you know, near incest, landing mm -hmm. in a nunnery, but she wasn't really part of the more supernatural angle of the show. So were you ever jealous that you didn't get to like be a demon? <laughs> I'm going to put that quote in my dressing room. Were you ever jealous <laughs> that you didn't get to be a demon? Um, I don't know. I, I, I always had this dream of that I wanted to be like in a scary movie. That's like my, like, I love scary movies and sci-fi, but I admire them that, that, that they can do that. I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I could do it every day. I like to be grounded in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I kind of preferred <laughs> that. That's my preference. I remember you telling me that you would like be doing your scenes and then like sometimes you'd tune into the show and be like, oh, right, we have a, you know, hundred yes. witch and a, and a talking doll. I forgot because your story didn't uh, oh. come back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You show up to work and go walk to your dressing room and there'd be a lion cage and a lion <laughs> and like, like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's <laughs> some random thing happening today or like a circus set or, you know, something random and it, it would just, but it's like. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, Whitney's uh, two main love interests on the show were the characters of Chad and Fox. So, uh, you know, yes. you said you like to be in relationships. So tell us what stands out to you about working with your various uh, leading men on Passions. Well, I got lucky with both of them. They're both obviously gorgeous and, uh, and great actors. I, I, I love the Chad storyline because... You know, like I said, uh, Whitney was young, you know, so everything is new. And that first love, I, I just think is always so beautiful to play. <laughs> you know, you're feeling all these things. You don't know why, you know what I mean? And, and uh, the, so the Chad character was nice because it was the first time, I think, 
that Whitney felt seen, um, it was she, she was seen in a different way. And that woke something up in her. So I love that new dynamic between the two of them. And as far as with Fox, <laughs> I think I'm giggling because uh, I remember thinking, I was like, well, I don't want to be like, like a hoe. <laughs> I don't want to be like cheating on my man or setting a bad example or whatever. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was great to play with too, because I think he kind of brought out that next level for her because that's when she started singing a little bit. Remember the jazz class? Yes. Oh yeah. Eat so your heart out, the Savoy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like with Fox relationship, exactly. Like she, he kind of saw her more as a woman. You know, she started feeling more like a woman with him. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think about as far as those two relationships. Mm -hmm. Well, your run on Passions ended in 2007 with Whitney moving to New Orleans for a fresh start uh, at the end of the show's run on NBC. But I'm so curious what it was like for you to adjust to life post-Passions since you had been there for such a significant portion of your career at that time. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was quite odd. <laughs> Um, when I, uh, left passions, it was, I think it was like about eight years, something like that. And to go from, and we actually worked pretty consistently. We worked, you know, three to five days a week. We were pretty consistently working and then to just not work <laughs> was, uh, was nice in a way because it was like, I could sleep in and the first like week, I think I just slept and my brain just felt like it recharged a bit. <laughs> But it was also um, that pace you kind of get used to in a way. And I felt like, like I, I feel like I always felt like I should be doing something. I'm missing. What, what, what am I missing? You know what I mean? That, that work ethic. But then I obviously started enjoying not working and started traveling a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, I mean, here we are in 2022 and people are still very passionate, no pun intended, about passions. You know, it really <laughs> achieved something of a cult status. And I think there's such a genuine, real love for Whitney among fans to this day. So like, mm. what does that mean to you that there is so much affection for a character you created like two plus decades ago? Well, it means everything, you know, because, because when you do take on a role, it does become a, a part of you. And the choices you make as far as, you know, what the material you're given, those choices are, 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 um, are personal because, you know, I make the choices because I think that people will you know, relate to them. And it's something that you understand and can, can identify with. So the fact that people can identify with the human element that I was, that I was trying to communicate means obviously it means everything to me because it means that I was on, on the right track of communicating what I thought Whitney was going through. And also too, I think about when we get a script, those, the words on the page are dead. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they don't, they're not brought to life until you put you on them, you know? So the fact that that material, that role, I got to put my view on it and people still have affection for it. it, it it's, it, it's really touching. All right. So there was like a 13 year gap uh, before you joined, <laughs> you know, had, had you in that time ever like thought about coming back to daytime or auditioned for a different soap? Maybe one that your family would actually watch you without protesting on CBS, you know? <laughs> well, I was auditioning. Uh, I auditioned a little bit. I was going through some personal issues for a little while, some family issues. So um, when you're going, when I, anyway, when I'm going through things, it's hard for me to actually to audition and put on another character on top of if I'm not feeling good in my own, you know what I mean? It's just, it was just too difficult for me. So I did, I kind of stepped away for a little while and um, I auditioned every once in a while and I, I didn't want to waste my agent's time either. Um, but Mark Teschner and I um, had met, he, I had been auditioning for him since before I booked Passions. So I met him before, I auditioned for General Hospital before Passions for another role years ago, but I didn't get it. And then this role for Portia came up and it was just so interesting because I was older, this character was older, this character's a mom. I've never ever got to play a mom because I've always looked young. And I was just at this completely different place in my life. But the soap 
genre is so fun for me because you really get to dive in and the story doesn't end, you know? It's like every day you get to tell a new beat of a new story, you know? So I was like, wow, I would love to really dive into like being a mom <laughs> and all the things that encompass that, all the ups and downs, everything. So it just really seemed like the perfect timing and the perfect role, but I hadn't been auditioning. <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, let me get myself together kind of thing. So guess who I called? I called Lindsay. She worked on the material with me. <laughs> my son worked on the material with me. Um, I just tried to get everybody in, to, to, um, in my circle to kind of like give me extra confidence because it had been so long, like you said. And when I went in and read for it, it just seemed so perfect, like I said, because it's those things of when you're a mom and I can't remember the, the specific scene with, for the screen test, but you know, when you're trying to tell your kids something, but you just can't because they have to learn on their own, you know, it's like the worst feeling ever. And the more you press, the more you push, the further away they'll go from what's right for their own life. And that those moments were just, I just loved those moments. So yeah, so when I went in for um, Portia, I think I had like three days to prepare. <laughs> and that's when all hands on deck, I had my <laughs> friends helping me. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess got to go full on. And one of my friends said, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't been in class and all of this. And he's like, honey, your life is acting class. You've been acting for decades. It, it, you, your body hasn't forgot it. Just get in there and do it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. You know what I mean? It's okay. I'm a little rusty, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, went in and booked it a couple days later. Well, yeah. what would it be like for you to now know that you're returning to a contract <laughs> role or like a long-term role now on a show, which, you know, you really hadn't done in a while. Like, were you trepidatious on day one? What was that like for you? Well, I don't know if I was trepidatious on day one. Um, my, my daughter, Trina, was already on the show. So they were bringing me on to add to her story. So I wanted to respect her story that had, she had already been building, um, but also find my own lane, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit different too, because also that show is so well-established and it, so, you know, ingrained in everybody. So everybody knows general hospital and knows all the characters. So I wanted to be able to step up to that level as well. So I was a little overwhelmed, but I just tried to keep taking things one scene at a time, one day at a time, and focused on mainly just building my connection with her. Mm -hmm. And once I, like, like on passions, you know, building a connection with someone, then I can go from there. Well, I remember when I first talked to you about uh, taking on this role, you noted how full circle it was because on Passions, you were the teenage daughter of a doctor and now you're the doctor right? of a teenage daughter. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's I, I, so amazing. I, I absolutely love the Trina-Portia relationship. I think it's just such an honest mother-daughter relationship mm. on the show. Um, so tell us first about working with Sydney Michaela, who recently exited the role of Trina. Oh, I, I, I mean, she was, she, she's a phenomenal actress and human being. Um, I love working with her because she, she's a really phenomenal young lady. She's so grounded, you know, and it's not like she's a little girl. She's got her own opinion. She's got, she's, she's, she's a teenager who has opinions, you know, and she's very strong. So I had to match that level of strength and I don't want to talk down. I never want to talk down to her or belittle or I'm the parent, do as I say kind of thing. I always wanted to be, um, if I'm communicating something to her, you know, take an avenue, reasonable avenue to communicate it instead of just because I'm your mom, I'm your mom, I said so. I never wanted to have that kind of relationship, but I absolutely love working with Sydney. She's amazing. Well, uh, we had her on the podcast. I felt extremely unaccomplished by the time we hung up with her. Um, <laughs> uh, but I also it, isn't that crazy? I know, I know. Yes, yes. I, I, everything. I was like, "What am I doing I, with my life?" That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy for her, but a little sad for myself. Maybe at the end of it. <laughs> I, I just all of a sudden felt lazy. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> 
a hundred percent. I feel there's really been a seamless transition in the on-screen Portia Trina Bond when Tabiana Ali took over the role. So what's it been like working? Right. With? Oh, I, I'm really enjoying it. And, and it was the perfect time. It was absolutely the perfect time because of the arrest and the tape. It was all hands on deck and it was all about her. You know, so it, we got to dive into us again and her and her story. So it was a, an immediate introduction to her with a huge circumstance. So I think that helped. I, I thought you and uh, like to have just so that it, I mean, it happened to work out this way, right? That it was like you and Rayal working with her also. And that really helped to like bring home that family feeling. You both, you know, you were all just fabulous uh, in those first set of Robinson family scenes, Robinson, Robinson yes. Tiger scenes. Um, yes. Another recent recast that you've been crossing storyline paths with is uh, Tanisha Harper, the new Jordan, who told mm -hmm. me that she was a passions addict back in the day and a huge Whitney Russell fan. <laughs> so what has it been like working with her? It's been great. She's she's really good. Um, it was funny because when we, we met, we were at Blocking, and I love the Jordan character because she's so strong and she's so, she's in everything. And um, I was trying to, I was like trying to explain a little bit of the backstory. Like, you know, obviously there was a gas leak and all, you know, all of this, you know, the gas leak and, you know, you're on my lap and I was crying and da, 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 da. you know, I was like trying to give her like some backstory, like all in like a minute, like a New York version of life. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then she was like, uh, and then me, Donnell was there as well. And I, somebody said something about passions. And I think that's when she caught on. She, she had the moment where she was like, that's why you look so familiar. Oh my God. And she kind of put it together. <laughs> I got to see that moment when she was like, oh my God. You are with me, Russell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, she's great. And uh, I just love that character. But I, and, I'm, and I'm excited for what's coming up for, the, for us because I really thought it was an interesting way they've written our characters because, um, you know, she was married obviously to, uh, to Curtis, but we also had this friendship and a little bit of respect and respect for each other mm -hmm. and um, kind of working together a little bit. So I'm interested to see how that comes about. But I like two strong women that can are grown and can handle and not let a man, you know, mm -hmm. you know, get in the middle and still move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited for what's coming up for us. We just shot some scenes actually yesterday um, where that gas leak basement reckoning might be coming my way. <laughs> I know, I know. <sighs> well, Portia and Curtis's relationship have gotten a lot more serious. They just bought a house together. So yes. talk to us about your relationship with your leading man, Donnell Turner. Uh, I love working with Donnell. He's amazing. Um, and I really love our relationship because I think, you know, again, I, come, I just come in two years ago and you know he's married to somebody else or whatever so how is this working <laughs> but and and Portia I don't think they write Portia as like mean or vindictive or um you know like a man stealer or anything like that but the fact that we had history was just a huge thing because when you have history with someone it's like takes away a whole layer of you know introduction that might be needed and that history I think um was nice for me to know so that to you know justify the how fast we're moving now you know what i mean mm -hmm. but i love working with donnell he's hysterical i think he's funny to me without trying to be funny like <laughs> he'll say the most random things and i don't think he thinks he's being funny but it's hysterical to me and um one thing about him is he's super serious about his food like <laughs> we, we the commissary is closed and everything because of covid but we get these little box lunches every day. And we're always like, oh, I, I want this from the box lunch. Oh, give me your extra Oreos or whatever. So he loves sun chips. So I'm always like giving him my sun chips and he gets all super excited. He's like, yes. And I'm like, you are so into your food. It is hysterical. <laughs> and one time I reached for his, like his, his box of food, reached to grab a dessert because I'll eat his Rice Krispie Treats. And he like hit my hand. Like I was touching his food. I was like, Donnell, relax. I'm not going to eat your food. <laughs> but we get along really, really well. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, with Curtis, 
also comes on Stella, who has been a little bit of a tough cookie where Portia is concerned, I think it's fair to say. But tell us yeah. about working with her incredible portrayer, Bernie Watson. Um, well, she's just a ball of energy and, and you know, spirit, I guess is the only way to say it. Um, but I think that we're getting a little bit more respect for one one another. She's respecting me a little bit more and seeing that, you know, me and Curtis is not just a fling. This is real. Mm-hmm. And we have some scenes coming up where, because, uh, you know, Marshall and that whole thing and, you know, some th- things are coming up in her life as well that I think we're going to start uh, relating to one another a bit. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be nice to see. Good. Well, I love how on soaps, like Curtis and Portia could buy this house on a Wednesday and on a Thursday have a housewarming party because they're fully moved in and the whole place is decorated to the nines. Oh, absolutely. So, you like your new set? <laughs> oh my gosh. My new set is gorgeous. I love, love, love it. It's so pretty. All the, all the tones are just like so inviting and warm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And they must be doing pretty well for themselves because they bought it from a billionaire. So congratulations. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now in the current storyline, Esme has framed Trina for the crime of revenge porn. You have been, I just really so sincerely have to say, killing it in this story. I love um, how all of the mothers are coming together in support of Trina. And I love how like their mutual love of Trina has created this kind of interesting and unexpected bond between Portia and Ava. So tell us about working Mm -hmm. with Laura West. More is amazing. I have to tell you, one time we were in the trial set and um, the judge, we're sitting there when she's on trial. And during one of the breaks, uh, during rehearsal, um, the judge was going to have the bail at $250,000 or whatever. And Maura looked to me, she's like, we can pay it. We got it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just so her. I was like, we we got Trina. No worries. Money's no object. No problem. (laughs) I absolutely love working with her because I, again, I think it's really great the way they write that my daughter has a wonderful relationship with another woman. And I respect that. And I'm not threatened by it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, no, you know what I mean? You're my, you're my baby. You're my child. I think that's so grown and adult (laughs) that I think it's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, what's your take on what Portia's going through as she's, you know, trying to be strong for her daughter while also, I imagine, quite terrified about the possibility that she could be convicted of such a serious crime? I think this is every mother or father's worst nightmare. I, I mean, you put your life into your children and the plans you have, you know, the, the, you, know you, you make choices so that they don't have to worry about anything like this. You know, you've sent them to a private school so they don't have to worry about such and such. You do all your choices are done in life to protect them from things like this, you know, and to be set up knowing that you did your job right, knowing you're a good mom, knowing that your daughter's a good daughter, and then for somebody else to take what you've done and just basically it's tainting her name, which is one of the things that is hurtful. And, um... It's just, it's a hard thing to play, (laughs) you know, and as you said, as it's played out, you know, Portia, my character, we get a few scenes to deal with this. So in those scenes, I just try to make sure that I'm putting all of what, you know, a mother would think (laughs) in those scenes, because you want to support her. You're upset. You want to kill someone. You know what I mean? You want to smash the wall. Um, but you also don't want your daughter to see that you're up that upset because then you're, then she's going to be that much, much more upset, you know? So I, I just been trying to put as much as I can, um, in those few scenes that I'm able to have on camera to tell, like you said, <laughs> from Tuesday to Wednesday, things change. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the, the hardest things to have to deal with. And even, you know, like I said, if she's found innocent, if everything goes away, you know, Esme's arrested for setting it up. All of that can still happen, but her name has been tarnished. Her character has been questioned. And that's a hard thing to, um, to, to really accept, especially as a mom, like I said. So that's what I've been trying to portray. And succeeding. Like I, I really uh, have gotten so much out of the scenes that you've done. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, 
So there has been a, a dangling question, right, hanging over Porsche's storyline for a good long <laughs> while now. Um, yeah. You know, which the fans know, the question is, has she been lying about Trina's paternity? So right. obviously, you don't write the show and you can't tell us what's going to happen. But in terms of how you approach playing the character and just understanding Portia, like how mm -hmm. would it make sense to you that she would keep this kind of secret for such a long time? Uh, correct. And and I, I've had to ask myself that a, a few times, um, especially moving forward with uh, Curtis the way I have, you know, freely <laughs> with no, I'll just, oh, let's do it. Happy moving forward. Buy a house. Let's do it. Happy, happy, happy. And I, <laughs> right. And I think that I've kind of been trying to add a little bit of extra happy, happy to it to like, oh, let's not think about it. Let's not think about that doubt. That's what I call it. The doubt <laughs> that, um, you know, Portia has as far as um, whatever that the secret is with paternity. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I had to make a choice of like, Portia's clearly doubling down and putting that deeper in the history books mm -hmm. and moving forward. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm daily trying to justify it daily. Um, cause again, I don't think Portia's written in a way that she would, you know, just vindictively. I just don't see her doing that, but I also understand life circumstances too. I mean, think about it. Um, I must have been in medical school at the time when she was born, family stuff going on, affairs going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not knowing your future, wanting stability. There's a lot of things. Not wanting I'm to hurt taggarts, I feel like correct. would be in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. So these are the things that I'm kind of stewing on in my mind of what could have been happening at the time um, to justify a, a a blatant lie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm daily working on that. But I do respect the fact that she's she's trying, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I don't think that she's, she wants to hurt anyone. And in this case, in this situation, there's no way somebody's not going to get hurt, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's a double-edged sword. Do I keep the peace or do I hurt everyone? Should be juicy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on a totally separate note, we are dying to know, were you ever at GH on the same days that Lindsay Hartley was when she filled in for Kelly Monaco? Oh my God. Okay. I was only on that set one day when she worked and we were in one scene together and we didn't even speak. I was like, what? I, we were in the hospital at, at, at the little uh, nurse's little cubicle thing. Right, right. And yes, and, and we're standing across from each other and everybody else is talking and like we say one line and I remember walking on set and you know, it's obviously probably something emotional happening. And like, I walk on set and I'm like, I like wink at her and we're standing across from each other. And we literally don't say anything to each other and it was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and then every other day since she's been up there, I, I, for some reason, have not been working. Did you, so give, her, her. Did you give her any, like, advice or any insider info about uh, the GH set? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give her a little, a little uh, tip on, you know, such and such and such. And, and, she, and sometimes she's concerned. She's like, why well, don't I want to upset the fans or whatever? And I said, don't worry about that. Just do you. It'll be fine. You know, just giving her a little pep talk but she's a pro like there's I there's nothing I could tell her that she doesn't already know <laughs> <laughs> well in terms of your life away from the show your son Chris Warren is also in the business um I will watch high school yes. Football whenever it's on um he's also <laughs> super talented and now he's a husband and a father so what's it been like for you to see him sort of just go through his career and step into this new stage of life it's been so interesting and odd <laughs> <laughs> because it's like I had him so young you know it just feels like I'm always missing something like well, where's Chris you know what I mean like what's going on I'm like oh that's right he has his own life he's an adult <laughs> like, it, it's the weirdest thing you know um but I'm so happy for him because he's so happy and it's like that's the only thing a parent ever wants is for their kid to be happy and you know he's a wonderful family man and um it's just been a, a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> and it makes me want to have more kids, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's pretty funny. Well, it sounds like, you know, you could babysit anytime you want, I bet. Oh, oh, I, I, I'm on it. I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Even when well, they don't, they're like, no, we don't need a babysitter. And I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, no, 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 we, we're, we're home. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the fact that you could say that you're a grandma is unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> How young and fabulous you are. It's fun. It's the best thing ever. <sighs> so you have two years of poor Charles under your belt. And of course, your run on passions prior to that. So before yeah. we let you go, like, can you sum up what being part of the daytime community has meant to you over the course of your career? Gosh, I, I really, really love it. <laughs> and it's interesting because we are really in people's homes every day, more than a lot of actors that are, you know, cause five days a week you, we're seen by people and and it's new every day mm -hmm. it's not we rewatch movies we rewatch re, re, re shows but we are telling a new story every day and i think that that's what keeps everyone's attention because you fall in love with these people it's just like a friend you know a friend is going through something this week and next week they're going through something else and it's relatable with a little bit of you know sci-fi and <laughs> a little demon here Mob action. kidney there it's all good yeah. <laughs> a gas leak a mob yeah. hit yeah yeah exactly a little kidnapping now and again running the um, stuff. but i love that i like i'm into it me and danielle were talking about this the other day like we're into it like we think it's fun it is. and uh it is it really is and um we get to have different relationships and you know, we just get to play pretend for a living and it's never a dull moment. <laughs> so I, I, I respect this genre. I think it's, I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, again, not, not to gush too much, but like, you're good at it. Like you, you are a mm. really, really, really good performer in the genre because I think, I think you really like, you bring a little something extra to what's on the page every time. Mm. Oh, I appreciate that so much. That means a lot. Thank you. Very true. I'll echo that. I was going to say we're very happy that you are back in yeah. this community. So we, thank you so much, Brooke. We hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I love talking to you guys and I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Brooke Kerr for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.